Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I am Ricky Whittle and I am the man of the hour. Exciting, right? Let's go back in time with my guest today as he shares more about his incredibly unique upbringing with us. Before the Ricky Whittle we all know and love today, you'd be fascinated to learn that he grew up quite internationally and even faced a lot of challenges being a biracial child. He certainly overcame those obstacles and is here to help us better understand how negative experiences can actually be used to help us. Ricky, since the day my team told us we were going to book you for the show, uh, I've been excited ever since. So first of all, thank you. Thank you for Thanks being for here. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it, buddy. That's a great intro. Very interesting. <laughs> Very, because what we're going to dive into, Ricky, I think, and you know, you and I just talked about this a little bit. It's, it's very much going back in time to better understand who Ricky Whittle was, who he is now, and what that gap was in between to really make you who you are, because you are one of the best in Hollywood. I think a lot of us have noticed that uh, regardless of anything, and, and something I've admired you for is all the shows you've been on. Every time I've seen you speak on a talk show, especially as I was <laughs> researching you, right? As a good host, I would always research a Ricky Whittle before interviewing a Ricky Whittle. And so when I see you on these shows, I'm like, you know, the energy you bring uh, and the light and the positivity you bring to anybody who's watching you on whatever screen they're watching you on and anybody listening to this right now, you know, you could imagine we're all watching different screens at different times right now. You know, but that's, it's something I've always admired about you. But, you know, before we get into this very, very deep conversation that I'd love to have with you, Ricky, what has 2020 looked like for you? Uh, and then what's kind of in the works and what does your life look like now? I mean, we're sitting in the middle of quarantine. I mean, without getting, you know, sad about it, you know, because everyone's in, you know, really unfortunate situations. This is unprecedented. And, you know, I just want to wish everyone out there love and light. And, you know, we'll all get through this if we kind of band together, reach out to your friends and families, you know, and um, you're not going to be alone. You're never alone. There's always someone out there that you can talk to. Um, it is tough times and you don't have to suffer alone. So get out there. I talk to my friends, my families, um, and or, or find something you love, you know, TV, mm. movies, music, whatever it is that warms your heart, go and do that. So for me, um, I always try and look at the positive. And I started off this, this year, 2020, uh, finishing off season three of American Gods, mm -hmm. uh, which is incredibly exciting. Um, and finally we get to start talking about it. You know, it's, it's the only people that have been speaking about season three of American Gods are people who've not read one word of one script of this season. So now it's kind of great to kind of demyth, debunk that, that, uh, that narrative and, and tell, you know, the truth about it. And the fact is that, you know, it's the most exciting season yet. I think, you know, it's, it's, it's always been an incredible tough book to adaptation to bring to screen. And all involved, the fun, even Neil Gaiman, I was chatting to Neil Gaiman yesterday and we just said, it just feels the pieces have all come together. And he is mm. so excited that, he says, season three really feels like my book. And coming from the creator and as the lead, as Shadow Moon, who everyone kind of has their own imagination of who Shadow Moon was in the book. You know, sure. it, the, the, the imagination is, is, is budgetless, it's endless. And <laughs> Shadow Moon can be Jason Momoa to Gillian Anderson. It can be anyone you want, you yeah. know, in your own mind. And you've got these fantastic images and sets and special effects that you have. So to bring it to screen and for the creator 
to be so happy and saying, recognizing it as that is my vision. It feels great that this season is going to be really fantastic. I think it's the most diverse cast we've had yet with uh, a lot of returning characters, but then new characters coming in, you know, we've, uh, Shadows going to Lakeside, which is basically um, my favorite part of the book. Mm. And we've got actors like Leela Lauren from Power. We've got uh, Eric uh, Johnson, who my first thing, uh, the first thing I said to him wasn't hello, was I loved you in Smallville <laughs> because I'm a geek and I love Smallville. Um, so he's there, Julia Sweeney. And then we've got like Danny Trejo, Dominic Jackson, you know, Blythe Dana. We've got an incredible cast coming in. And joining the already, you know, fantastic ensemble that we have with, you know, Emily Browning, Yatidi Badaki, Omita Abtahi, Bruce Langley, of course, the incredible Ian McShane, and mm. another new character, Ashley Reyes, who is uh, with you guys over in New York. So, I really started 2020 off with a with a with a bang. It was it was fantastic. You know, I I had my niece over for for mm. New Year's, which is my birthday. So she was still with me at the beginning in January. Um, and that was wonderful because she, she'd never been to California. Um, and then, you know, the coronavirus kind of started to spread and, and we were one of the fortunate ones. And again, I'll always speak positive. There were productions that were starting, were halfway through, that all had to shut down. Yep. But with American Gods, we were in our final um, pickup phase where we have finished the, our principal photography, all 10 episodes, and we come to the part where we have just a couple of weeks to go back and get the pickups, some reshoots, you know, the editors and, the, and showrunner Chick Egley will kind of look at it and go, we're missing Shadow, look over there, or how did Laura get from here to there? We need to fill this bit in the middle, or, you know, we'll go into the ADR and we'll change certain lines so things mm. make sense. Um, so even though we had to wrap early, two weeks early, yeah. we basically got our show together just in time which means when the show does come to air, uh, in a, uh, you know, soon, nothing else is going to be fresh. You know, we've kind of run out uh, across all the streams and, and, and in, the, in the theaters, you know, there's nothing kind of really coming out. So right. it really does put us in a very fortunate position that here you have a brand new whole season of, of an established show where you can just be amazed by this, by this fantastic thing. So again, I look to the positive that we were able to get that show out I'm looking forward to seeing that. I've seen the first couple of episodes and I'm really excited. Not since, not since the beginning of, of, of season one have I been mm. this excited. You know, I was excited in season two um, and excited coming into season three to shoot, but having seen the first two episodes and having shot one episode, which I will happily say of all three seasons is my favorite episode of American Gods to shoot. Um, and that's all in season three. So I'm really excited. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I ended up coming back to, to California. They, they kind of packed us up real quick. Um, I mean, actually, I'll tell you the story. We, mm. we, we, we knew that we were going to have to fly home early from American Gods. And so it was on the Friday. I was finishing up on the Friday and they said, right, you're due in Wednesday, Thursday, uh, Friday, and we'll get you home to California on the Friday. Saturday afternoon came by and they said, we've changed the schedule. We're sending other people home. We need to get shadow stuff prioritized and, and shot. So we're going to get you in Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And I was like, okay. Um, and then Sunday rolled around and they said, uh, right, we're going to have you in 
first thing on Monday all day and all day uh, Tuesday. I started work Monday and what we called it was basically the Shadow Olympics. Yeah. I was shooting from episode one to 10 different scenes. I was doing costume changes, makeup changes, hair changes, because my hair went different lengths uh, <laughs> with regards to the storyline. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we were shooting like happy scenes, sad scenes. It was insane. Um, and well, everything just kept changing by the hour on Monday to the yeah. point where they said, you're on a flight first thing tomorrow morning, Tuesday. Um, it really did roll that fast. So, you know, we were lucky that we got Monday and we literally jammed it in. I didn't finish till probably midnight. You know, it was, it was a long old day. Um, probably near, near enough 18 hours. Um, but we got it done. They sent me home and I've literally been fortunate enough to uh, be able to stay quarantined. I know there's a lot of people out there on the front line. Again, big love to the nurses, the doctors, anyone who mm. had to work. Um, and I've kind of been just trying to use it as a positive. You know, um, I can sit here and complain and, 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 and be anxious and worried. Or I, tr I can try and learn some Spanish. Me hablo español. Let me you teach know. you Japanese after that I've been, too. I've been, trying, I've been trying to learn some Spanish. I've been landscaping in my garden, doing some yep. gardening. I tried to learn a few songs on, my, on, the, on the piano. I bought a keyboard. Um, I've been painting. I have been trying to learn some sign language. Um, and just trying to better myself, you know? Like try and use this time to, to come out of this kind of situation better than when I went in, you know? And that's always been my philosophy in life is, I'm not in competition with anyone else, mm. ever. And no one should ever be looking sideways about what everyone else is doing. You're comparing apples to oranges. Don't do it, it'll only drive you down and upset you. Um, it'll make you kind of envious, jealous, uh, despondent. You'll get, you'll get upset by it. Just, you're only challenged with yourself. Be better than you were yesterday. Mm. And so that's always my challenge. So every day I'm up early. I do my card, my fasted cardio. I go for a, a run. That's uh, dirty, Ricky. I, I, I try that and I'm like, let me eat at least a banana before a fasted no, cardio. I mean, that's good, but I eat like a child. That's the only reason I work out. So ever since I was a kid, I've only ever eaten meat, carbs, pizza, <laughs> fries, burgers, can't. Like I had an, I got a nickname at work, Sweet Meat. It sounds like a porn name, it's not. Um, <laughs> but it's basically because I only like candy and meat. So people are like, Sweet Meat. Uh, and like, I used to even go to, when, when I was back on the 100, I used to go to, the, to catering yeah. and they used to go, can I get Ricky's meat box, please? So if you literally were going to set, you went to catering, you went, can I have a Ricky's meat box, please? They'd know exactly what you wanted. And it was literally just a box of like, patties sausage hams and just like just steak. no vegetables or anything i hate vegetables and now what? that my, i've moved i've moved out so my mum can't you know tell me off anymore yeah, so can't tell you anything right i'm a child so i have to do i have to train because my diet is is just basically awful so if you can get up in the morning not mm. have breakfast and hit your fasted cardio you know it helps you burn, you know, that, that fat off a little, a little easier. <laughs> I can't get over the porn name. Hey, Marcella, I think we found the episode <laughs> title here. It's called Sweet Meat. <laughs> I'm kidding. Sweet Meat, Ricky Will. There you go. <laughs> you know, you mentioned... <laughs>
Ricky, you mentioned, first of all, I think season three of American Gods will be great. Just like yeah. the first two seasons, we've been I'm tuning excited. in. We love it. All of us love you for it. So I'm, I'm excited to see all that come out to fruition, uh, especially because you filmed it in such a short amount of time. I couldn't even imagine you take, taking a two-week cut from the original time span of what that production would have looked like. So uh, excited for that. But you mentioned also, you know, what, what does tomorrow look like and just try to do your best for tomorrow. Let's go back, 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 back. Oh, is right. this where we put in special effects? <laughs> Let's play a Wayne's World clip. This is but, where you put all these horrible pictures of me as a child. <laughs> <laughs> See, you, you've done so many interviews at this point. You already know the idea of B-roll and candid photos and such. Ricky, you know, you and I, when I, when I, when I again, I knew you were coming on the show and I immediately thought to myself, when will I ever get another Air Force brat on this show to talk about how we grew up together? And so I want to start there. And I think that the way you and I grew up as Air Force brats, more mm -hmm. particularly with you, though, I mean, the Royal Air Force is very different. And we'll get into the nitty gritty of the history of that in a second. But where do you kind of feel like being an Air Force brat, traveling around the world every now and then, and again, now and then meaning all the time? Every, yeah, every three years. Every two for, to three for, years. For us, and, and people, and I, I call them civilians because I feel that forces brats, whether you be Army, Air Force, Navy, Marines, whatever it may be, I feel we're just built differently. Mm. Um, so people are like, how can you travel all the time? Does it ever get you down or did you ever get frustrated? And I'm like, I don't know any different. That is your life. You know, ever mm. since I was a child, the normal is, okay, in three years, we're going to move to this Air Force base and to this country and then to this country and then this country and then this Air Force base. And every three years, you say goodbye to all your friends at school. That's exactly goodbye right. Goodbye to everyone. You move to another place and you're the new kid every three every years. Every time. Every three years. And I don't see how that can't mold you as an adult. You know, there's, there's got to be stuff that kind of builds you and... and makes you who you are and I, I feel for me and for for many air force brats uh or any forces brats i feel it makes you a lot more outgoing hence <laughs> why hence why i host this podcast and you know you can come on and talk as much as we have been you know exactly you know because in the air force you're traveling country to country area to area meeting new people from all sorts of different walks of life um you know, financially, uh, different genders, races, religions, uh, beliefs, different nationalities. And you just, you've got to blend in, you know, you've almost got to become a chameleon, you know, and, and one of the things that I used to, used to do is, is any country I moved to or any area of England I, I would move to is my accent would drift. So what? when I used to go to Northern Ireland, I used to have a Northern Irish accent, so I did. So I used to go back to my grandma in Manchester, and I used to talk like this, so I did. And she's like, why are you speaking like that? <laughs> because I was living in Northern Ireland, so my accent drifts to fit in with the kids. I don't realize it. It's just you're assimilating to your area and your peers. And so, you know, when I go, go to, to London, it starts dropping like that, and I talk to my mates on the phone, I start dropping into a Guy Ritchie movie. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's nuts. And I start talking to me mom and she's from Manchester. So I start talking like that. And then even since I've been in America, uh, as a, as an adult, when I go back home to England, they're like, Oh, you're so American. And I'm like, to you guys, you're like, no, nah, that dude's as James Bond as he gets. You don't get more British. Than him. He's <laughs> friends with 
Harry and William. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, it's crazy how much, you know, you know we, we pick up from uh, our peers growing up and, and the world that we kind of grew up in, just being dragged from place to place. Ricky, I can't believe you mentioned not only being a chameleon, because I think every time I've moved to a new school, whether it was in Japan, Florida, New Mexico, wherever, my dad has always said, you're going to be the new kid on the block, but everybody's going to be the new kid on the block, uh, on whatever block they came from, you know, because yeah. it's not just traveling every two or three years. I think something to note is that forces brats, like you'd mentioned, everybody's cycling in at different points in their parents' uh, deployments, for instance. Yes. And so at that point, it's like people like you and I, if we were in the same high school, I mean, I would say you're my age, right? I'm 24. You're probably 24. But you yeah. know, if, we, <laughs> if we were, if Ricky, if we were in the same high school, I would almost argue that you and I probably would have ended up, say, I don't know, 2010, right? And if you and I ended up in 2010, I would have just gotten there and you might have been on your way out because that yeah. was also the norm. Yeah. You know, and to your point about being a chameleon, crazy enough, I've told so many people in my lifespan of 24 years, how many times I felt like no matter who I was around, I could adapt. Not only could I adapt, but the fact that you bring up the, the, the notion of changing your accent to match that community, that is exactly what I think a lot of forces brats do. Air Force, Navy, Marines, and mm -hmm. uh, Army. Everybody yeah. has that same experience of like, wait, my friends are all Hispanic while I'm in Florida. So let me bring up a Hispanic <laughs> accent and start talking really quickly like this. What are you doing? Right. Yeah. Hey, hey, Papi, what are you going to do? Come on, come on. Come with me. Hit this way, right? But then also like I was in Japan every station. Every other station, we went back to Japan and my family. Oh, wow. And just like Love you, that. I don't know if you ever always went back to your home base where, you're, you're, where your mom and dad were probably originally from. No, but no. Everywhere was different. Everywhere me. was different. So yeah. then you probably had more experiences like that. But when I was in Japan, I would try to speak more Japanese. You know, and I would try to kind of emulate what the Japanese conservative, right? Like very polite and quiet in yeah. tone. And then when I'd come back to the US, I'm like, ah, it's time to get gangster. We live in a Panama City beach, right? Like it was so, but that's why I think, and I want to elaborate on that with you, Ricky, where do you think that has kind of molded your entire life in terms of fitting molds and playing certain parts and then fitting within certain communities, not only in favor for you, to, but to really kind of allow other people to understand that you're willing to come into their community blindsided so that you can adapt uh, to, you know, fit whatever you feel like they, their norm is. I feel like, like I say, because it's all I've ever known, I really see it as a gift. Mm. You know, it really is a gift that I've been able to travel for me. Travel is the greatest gift any human being can have. If you can get outside of your four walls, your house, your town, your state, your country, and go and see how other people live, the fear goes away. This world lives in fear, and it's fear of the unknown. As soon as you go and educate yourself in other people's cultures, other people's beliefs and worlds, and, and, and see how they live, all of a sudden you start to realize there is so much beauty in everything, mm. in everyone. You know, people have these kind of assumptions of, of various nationalities, of various countries. Uh, I, I was recently in, in, in Turkey and, you know, you hear Americans kind of going, oh, it's full of savages and blah, 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 it's dirty and it's this. No, I, that was my first, that's my second time in Turkey. And it's one of the most advanced countries in the world. 
they are seriously flying. They are so superior when it comes to like technology and, and you know, the food is incredible. You know, mm. they, they're, 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 they're known for surgeries and, and treatments and, and uh, all, this kind of, all this kind of stuff. It's, it's, it really is a gift that you kind of get to see all the world through different people's eyes. So you can appreciate how they see things. You know, so me coming to America and it's, it really does mirror Shadow Moon in American Gods because he was from Europe uh, and moved to New York as a child with mm. his mother. And so he'd never really felt like anywhere was home. He kind of just moved around America uh, growing up after he lost his mother. Mm. For me, as a, as, a, as a European or a traveler of the world, I saw America as the world sees America. And now I've lived in America and I can see how Americans see it as well. And it is so crazy, the, the, the contrast between when you're in a bubble, yep. how this is your world and everything that you believe is right here. And all of a sudden, if you can just break out of that little bit, your whole world opens up into something new. It's literally an explosion of just education and culture. And, and it's, it's fantastic. And I really feel that we were gifted in the fact that we were able to kind of really travel to different places and meet different people and see how they think. Mm. And I just feel at least you just open to just listen, you know, cause that's the thing. A lot of people just don't even want to listen to other people's opinions, you know? And I, I feel that I'm no matter who you are, where you're from, I'm always willing to listen to your story, you know, because you might educate me. You might teach me something. You might make me laugh. It's, it's you, you just never know. And as a kid, when you were traveling around, you'd make friends with the most random people. Yeah. You, know? you never, you, you like, you never thought you would have been friends with this kid or that girl or that guy, you know, yeah. it, it was, it was nuts who you kind of attached yourself to when you were traveling. Um, so, you know, it really was a gift and, and it's something that really has molded me into a, a very outgoing, friendly, um, understanding person who's just loves life, absolutely loves life and just believes in the positivity breeds positivity kind of way of life. You're a light, Ricky. I'm so glad you're on this podcast. I think at this point we might be playing a commercial or something. And <laughs> maybe that's playing. It's by Manscaped, so we'll see what happens. But, uh, you know. Manscaped. <laughs> we'll talk. Upper or lower? <laughs> it's, so they're the best in men's grooming below the waist. And that's. Uh, okay, that's, that's what I thought. <laughs> yeah, you'll see Manscaped. They've, you know, they're, they're all across ESPN and all these other things, too. So uh, they've been quite the advertiser in the, in the space of uh, men's grooming below the you waist, above the waist. Good, good for them because, you know, it's very sexist. You know, I believe I never ask of my lady that I won't do myself, you know. Right. I, I like to remain tidy. I like to keep well That's what it is. And look at your beard, dude. I couldn't grow a beard out like that and not keep it as shape, right? Because I get a little space here. I'll have a space here. Oh, You've no, kept it see, so groomed. This, is, this, is, this isn't really groomed either. This is my unkept look. What? You know, it's... Uh, <laughs> I had to, I had to make, I had to look good for, for I had to do a, an, an interview where I had to look a little bit smarter. So I, you know, I had that quarantine beard thing going on. <laughs> Ricky, I, you I had like long hair, I had to shave it. So come on. That's, that's another thing I did. I now shave my own hair. I, I YouTube. Shut up. The fade is excellent. Fade. Look at that fade. Look at that that fade. fade is everything, dude. I can't get a fade like that without going to the barber. What? Look at him, dude. I'm like, the money I've saved. 
shaving my own head. Oh my I just God, got on YouTube on. and learned how to fade and stuff. And because it was so hot here in California over those last few months, that oh, my know. hair was all over. It was getting natty. It was getting like straw. I was like, it's got to go. I had to shave it. Um, <laughs> and so I went down a spiral on YouTube of how to fade hair. And that's me now. Every, every week I'm like, I'm there just uh, trimming it up and stuff. And same, same myself, hundreds. <laughs> hey, we can't say that if we're talking about Manscaped now. We want people to buy their products, Ricky. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, but I'm using Manscaped products, it's... obviously. <laughs> but the more you can do yourself, you know, you mentioned all these hobbies of yours while being in, at home and in quarantine. The yeah. more we can do for ourselves, the better. But then obviously you want to like start implementing a couple of, you know, you go into the barber shop every now and then maybe going and getting groomed somewhere or like obviously we have to go to the grocery store we can't we can't go and grow everything in our backyard so we got to go to the grocery store still for food at least you know um, for those that eat vegetables yeah okay wait okay let's go back to that really quickly because who eats <laughs> only meat and carbs first of all to your point about fasted cardio you need carbohydrates and we'll get into this in a second you need carbohydrates to even have the energy to do fasted cardio number one number two if you're lifting weights like you muscle man over here right i'm trying to get like you but if you're trying to lift weights you would need the protein from the meat anyway so i think as long as you sprinkle in asparagus in there i think probably your vegetable of choice asparagus or broccoli right as long as it's somewhere in the mix ricky i think you're doing fine by just having meat and carbs yeah i mean I, I, when I was back in the UK, I actually was a part of um, Strictly Come Dancing, which is the British version of uh, Dance with the Stars. Yep. And so my dance partner was like, your diet is terrible and I feel you may collapse. Um, because in England, it's, it's a four month process. Yeah. Over here, I, you have like two a year and it's real quick. You knock it out in like six weeks or something. And, and, and in, 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 in the UK, it's four months, it's intense. And she's like, you're never going to last if you get to late <laughs> So she got me eating healthy foods like vegetables and fruits and stuff. And during one of my sessions, I literally started projectile vomiting. So much so I was like, she was like, we've got to get you to the doctor. I went, they, t they sent me to the doctor and he just said, your body's just not used to that goodness. You've grown up your whole life with this insane diet. It's like someone who smokes like 100 cigarettes a day and lives to 100. You know, it's crazy. He, and he just said, just keep doing what you're doing. You have, you know, your, your, your blood pressure's great. You know, yeah. your, your, everything's like absolutely fine. You, you have a ridiculous metabolism. It's fine. As soon as you start to feel some problems or see some problems, then come back to me and then maybe we'll start implementing a, a healthier diet. But your body's just not used to vegetables and fruit and all that kind of like goodness. So he just he basically was like, you do you, boo. That's what it is. <laughs> and you know what? More, more significantly enough, I think for you, it's like, don't fix what's not broken. If yeah. meat and carbs is working for Wiki, Ricky Whittle, you got me saying Wiki Whittle. Ricky Whittle. You, you probably had babies tell you that. Wiki Whittle, hi, Wiki. Right? Oh, I've had grownups tell me that. So <laughs> Ricky Whittle's diet seems to be it, but we'll get to that in just a minute. Ricky, let's go back really quickly to when you were a child, though. I wanted to hit on this because I think as military brats, we're often seen as the outsider, even if we're in a community of outsiders. Sometimes being biracial like you and I are, yeah. your mom being English, your dad being black, my mom being Japanese, my dad being white. And 
sometimes there's this negative connotation that comes with being a, at least in Japan, it's called gaijin. I don't know what term they were using with you, but in terms of uh, the experiences you had when it came to bullying or any form of bullying, I mean, we all know this, bullying looks different to everybody. It could be yeah. a negative text message. It could be a direct message that is shared across whatever platform. It could, it could be directly to your face where someone's like, dude, you look why are you black? You shouldn't be in this school. But we've all been, we've all been told that. Something I really yeah. wanted to talk to you about was the experience of growing up as a, an armed forces brat, you know, an armed forces child, having traveled so many different places, what were those bullying experiences ever like? And then how were you able to kind of tell yourself, you know what, I'm not different. I think everybody's different. Because something I would always tell myself is like, okay, but I'm half Japanese, although I don't look as Japanese as you do, when I go to the United States, people love that I look different. So it's always the 50-50 ratio of like, I might be in England one day, like you, Ricky, you might be in England here and you might be in the United States on this Air Force base, but every time you're going back and forth, it's like everybody's playing with your emotions to some extent, especially as we're growing up and people are still quite naive to what it means to look different. So your take on that in terms of bullying and then what you kind of did to kind of alleviate those experiences to then create the positive in all of it? Um, something very recent happened. Uh, and it was, it, was, it, was a, it was in America, and again, it was on social media. Um, and, it, and it comes out where America thinks it owns racism. Um, and they've got this very strange take on racism. And so people were coming out that because I'm British, I don't understand racism. Because I'm... I have a, a, a white mother, I, I don't understand racism. Because my hair's not curly enough, I'm not really black. So as a biracial kid or man, I have never been white enough and I have never been black enough mm. for people, you know? Um, and what I, one of my very first memories as a, as a kid growing up is watching my mum screaming at the owner of an establishment, a pub uh, back in England, um, and yelling at, at him because he said that her children weren't welcome on his premises because of the color of their skin. I was too young to understand it at the time, but it was my mother. My, I'm, I'm, my father is a beautiful brown-eyed black man. My mother, a beautiful blonde, blue-eyed Caucasian woman. And it's my mother, because my dad was always flying uh, helicopters. Uh, so my mum was very much the person that raised me. But it was my mother who sat me down and told me I was beautiful. It was my mother who sat me down and said, you are powerful, you are strong, you are unique, you are special. You can be anything you want to be and nobody can define you but yourself. Mm. She gave me that strength. She gave me that courage. She told me to be proud of my appearance, my complexion, my skin tone. She said, you will be great. And she made me believe that. So, you know, growing up, you know, where white kids always had kind of, uh, they always saw you as, as, a, as a, you know, as, 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 a, as a black kid. So they always had kind of the racial slurs. But then you also had the black kids who were picking on you because you weren't black enough. And so I got Casper and I got all this kind of sort of stuff, you know, uh, you know, why are you wearing a sheet? You know, it's, it's like, it was, it was crazy as, as a biracial kid, you know, you, you kind of get it from both sides, yep. which is really strange because, you know, it's not so much nowadays because we live in a world where there is so much beauty and, and, 
everyone's kind of just mixing with everyone and we're coming, becoming this beautiful melting pot of, of culture where, you know, you've got people that look like you, you know, you're a good looking dude, great looking dude. And that's, that's a mix. I've, I've got a mix, you know, everyone we know is, is, is mixed with something and it's so beautiful to see. Um, and it really is a great progression in the yeah. world. You know, there's not that, that segregation that we used to have and that we've been fighting and, you know, and it's something that's always going to live. And racism isn't confined to America. It's around the world, sadly. And growing up, you know, as a forces kid, that's, that was one of your big struggles was, was, was kind of, you're going to a different country where you're different. You're, you're, you're unique looking and you kind of had to back it up. Um, my mom taught me two things. Um, and my dad, actually, my dad sat me down as well. And the two things were always defend yourself and those who can't. So she said, you know, if people are picking on you, don't take it. <laughs> and I shouldn't really promote you know, violence or anything, but she was like, you're a strong kid. Yeah. Go out. If someone hits you, make sure it's the last time they do. You know, she, my mom's from Manchester. She's <laughs> like, Manchester's a, Manchester's a rough area. When fans realize, you know, that they're like, wait, you're from Oldham, Manchester? How did you escape? Where are your staff <laughs> Um You know, my mom's from that sort of woods. And, and she, you know, she was like, defend yourself. Don't ever let anyone walk over you. you that, no one should ever do that. And then she also said, you know, always take the positivity out of everything, you know, and always kind of take the high road, you know, be, be, an, be an inspiration and be nice to people. You know, if people are, uh, aren't very nice to you, that's on them. That's their, that's their projection. That's their insecurities. And so, you know, it, it's the killing with kindness, you know, and, and if someone as a kid, you know, kids are, kids are horrible at school and when you're different and you, they, yeah. they, they, they get their little packs together and they'll all have a giggle across the classroom and you just smile because the worst thing that you can do to a bully is show them how happy and unbothered you are, you know? And so yeah. when I, so taking that into today's life and social media trolls online, the worst thing you can do to a troll is ignore it because that's what they're after. They want a reaction. They want you to respond because then they feel validated. So when you start responding going, you don't know nothing or shut up or you don't know my life, you, they're getting what they want. They want that response. They want to be validated. I, if I don't do anything, if I don't even read their stuff, you know, that's, that's upsetting for them. You know, they're wasting their time trying to bring you down because they're below you. So as long as you kind of exude this positivity that, you know, it's water off a duck's back. You don't bother me. I'm loving life. I've got the people that I care about, my family, my friends, my work colleagues, you know, um, and I focus on the positivity in life. Mm. That's, that's all that's important. You know, we, we, I'm going to continue down my path of positivity whilst their kind of negativity is just going to wind them up. It, and it's, it's, uh, it, 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 I find, I, I almost get, I find it funny, you know, because do you really think like JLo is bothered by comments on social media like, ah, oh, you're this, you're that, when she's sat in her multi-million dollar house, like yeah. with all her money and her family and loving life, do you yeah. really think who cares that what you think? <laughs> That's what and it is. I don't care what someone says as I sit in my house in California in the sun 
with a critically acclaimed show on its third season about to release. I have beautiful friends and family who I love dearly. They love me. I don't care what a troll thinks or what a troll types because they don't know me. Anyone who has met me and has, you know, had a conversation with me tends to say good things because that's who I am. I'm a good person and I'll always try and be honest with people. I'm always trying to be positive with people. Um, we talked about like when you pass people on the street, you smile, you say hello, you know, you try and pass it forward, yeah. you know, that positivity because you never know someone else's journey. You never know someone else's struggle, you know, and, and you might make their day by giving them a smile. You know, you might change their, that bad mood and that could affect their day. That could affect someone else's day. So, you know, it's, it's, it's literally my childhood and, and fighting against bullies and, and showing them that you don't faze me and that my positive light will always overcome your darkness. I've moved that into my adulthood and that's just now who I am. I love life. I'm always positive. I'll always try and find the positive, even in the most dark situations, which is sometimes frustrating for my friends who are, who are civilians, who are raised differently. Um, and they can get anxious and they can get upset. And I'll always try and sit them down and focus them on the positivity, you know, because I'm always like, don't fight what you can't control, you know, always focus on what you can control. And that's you, and that's your path, and that's your, yeah. you know, your, 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 your kind of mentality. Because it's a switch. Happiness isn't like a destination. You know, I, I sound like a postcard now, but you, it's a switch that you can just turn on at any moment. And I know it's hard, and I know that's simplifying it because people go through so much yeah. in their lives. But we can think ourselves into headaches, into migraines, into all this kind of negativity. You can reverse that. If you can try and find that, that, you know, like I said before, a bit of music or a movie or a TV show or call a friend or family that can, you know, put you in a good mood. You know, it's scientifically proven that, you know, if you smile long enough, you release endorphins, which will make you feel happier. You know, you can trick your brain you into can. feeling happier. So, you know, for me, if you try and live that positive life, eventually that life will catch up with you. Look at him. Even just look, listen, Ricky, looking at you makes me smile. And it's not because we're both good looking like you had said. Okay, a couple of things here. You know what? Number one, a mother's love and a mother's advice is unlike any others. And so just like you, because our dads were serving our countries or the entire world to that, to that extent, oh, yeah. right? Uh, you know, our moms raised us and told yeah. us what was important and told us how to live our lives in the best ways possible. Just like your mom, my mom was always saying, you have to find the light in everything and you have to always look at people for who they are and help them become better if you so happen to make the time to help them become better. And, yeah. you know, my mom was always about this volunteerism, right? She was always volunteering at my high school. She was a stay-home mom, right? Like military yeah. wives are always stay-home moms. Yeah. And but she would you, always... You have, it's tough to have a career when you're moving through three years. Exactly. Your, your, your Some partner. people, I, I think a lot of moms did it, but just like you and I's moms, they were always home to take care of us. But my mom was always at my school and she would always show up if my brother punched somebody in the, in the bathroom and she would always show up for me when I would win my tennis matches, right? There was a big difference. There. Oh, so, so you're the good kid. I'm the good kid, you're Ricky. What? Boy. Come on. Can you not tell? I'm the good kid. But Are you older? I'm three years younger than my brother. He was a troublemaker. So you just learn the from their mistakes, right? And the even like you, you have siblings too, right? Am I mistaking? 
Yeah, but I'm the oldest. That's where like my my you know big brother syndrome comes. You know, whenever I, I take my cat, I take my cast out. You know, I'm always there for my friends and stuff. You know, I'm always the first to jump in front of a bullet for someone else. You know, I'm, yep. It's it's from that big brother syndrome thing. I love that. Well, I've been the big brother even if I'm three years younger. Let's just say that. So you and I meet you and I meet eye to eye on probably six levels now. Okay, number two. So number one was moms. Number two was J Lo. You named your you named your motorcycle after J Lo. So the fact that you brought up J Lo again, Ricky, we're gonna talk a little later after this interview. We're not gonna talk about it right now. Uh, but you know what? A Rod might not last that long. I think you got a shot right after. Listen, <laughs> listen. This is, I met her. I've met her twice. Okay. Um, once in a social setting and another on the red carpet um, because we were, we're both part of a, the Fremantle company. They, they yep. uh, are the studio for American Gods and they are the studio for um, America's Got Talent. Yep. So uh, basically anything with America in it, you know, Fremantle. Like, <laughs> um, the first time was in the social. It was, it was at a, an after party event. And I literally was like, looking for the filter i am looking at this woman and she was flawless i'm like you how like where is the filter i don't get what you've done i don't understand it like she was just glowing an absolutely stunning woman so um yeah man i i <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I named my Harley Davidson after her. That is, <laughs> you that is did. True. Well, Ricky, good in good faith. Well, Wendy, my favorite, one of my favorite woman hosts in this business. How you doing? She, you know. <laughs> wait, dude, I can't wait to clip that. How you doing? She is so funny. Yeah, she's just all. <laughs> she, like, it's time for hot topics. Let's go. She. You know what? So when you were on her show, at least, I know that was brought up. And I love that, that you were that candid about naming your Harley Davidson after JLo. Because it's not just the fact that everybody loves her for who she is and what she's done. She's stunning at the age that she's at. We're not going to number drop here. But really, it's like if you take care of yourself. Fine wine. You, she got better. That's what it is. I would take JLo now rather than JLo 20. You know what I'm saying? She's, you know what I'm saying? Like, what is her secret? I need that. Well, I think, dude, Ricky, you got it. I mean, at the age that you're at, which we're not going to name drop either, like, I think it's always 22. about keeping, right, 22, right? <laughs> oh, wait, so you're two years younger than me now. I'm so a, I get to play baby. the big brother. Yeah, I, I, I'm straight out of, out of university, me, yeah. <laughs> Ricky, moving right along here, when you think about athletics, I mean, the roles that you've played on television and in this industry as a whole, you've always had to be kind of this, uh, this athletic figure to a lot of viewers. So let's, you know, we talked about this just a little bit ago at the top of the interview, but when you think about the diet, I mean, you're talking meat and carbs here. How often mm -hmm. can you give us a little bit of an inside look as to how, what your workout schedule looks like, what your diet looks like? Because if we ever, if I ever, if any of the listeners and viewers ever wanted to look like a Ricky Whittle, <clears throat> what would that even take? Hit the club till four in the morning every night, like getting hammered cheeseburgers. What's your drink of choice in that case? And then what are you ordering from Burger King? Uh, to be honest, I've not drunk in 10 years now. Wait, so I, that might be the secret. That could be the secret. And to be honest, so I'm British, so we love to drink. That's, it's not, it was never a problem. It was just a nationality thing. Like the, the Brits, English, Irish, Scottish, Welsh, we love to drink, you know, that's what we do. Um, and it was my very first movie, Austinland. Uh, that was being released at, uh, at Sundance Film Festival in Utah. Oh yeah. So I went across, 
all my friends flew out for it because like I'd left England and it's like, I'm gonna go to America and do movies. I wanna be in America. And it happened. And so we all went for the premiere and we got hammered for four days. Sure. <laughs> it's straight, like, because it got picked up by Sony like day one. So I was there for four days with You're nothing chilling. to do. Right. So I was like, well, let's just have fun. Let's celebrate. So for four days, I was hammered. I got back to LA and I was like, I'm never going to touch alcohol again, which we always say every night. It's like, I'm never touching again. And people are like, yo, dude, you hit the club tonight. It's like, yeah. But I was so hammered in Utah. I was like, no, I need a few days. Like I proper like need to detox for a bit. So I went a couple of weeks and I was like, wow, I've been two weeks without drinking. And uh, I, I, I met a girl at the time and we started dating. And, and you know, when you're dating, you're not really in the club, you know, messing around. You're kind of uh, going to the movies, you're going to restaurants and things. Um, sure. So I, I got to a month and I was like, a month without drinking. I wonder if I could do two, three, six. Wonder if I can do the year. And now it's been 10. I just got stubborn. That's mm. it. Like it, it's, it, that's all it was. But I just, you really do feel a difference to be quite honest. You know, obviously there's the, the main thing is you make less dumb decisions. Sure. Uh, <laughs> um, but physically I did notice a huge difference in like body fat. You know, I, I you know, the, the, the facial fat, you kind of, Alcohol, you really kind of feel it around here. You do. It's you end up looking a little bit pudgy. You've got, you got your jowls. You've got right? your yeah. in your neck a little bit. And when I look back at stuff, I'm like, oh, wow. You know, when I look at, at university as well, when I look at pictures at the beginning of university and the end where, you know, my drinking culture really kicked in, <laughs> it really ages you. It really does. Um, so, you know, number one, I saved money because I could drink like a fish. So I'm not spending silly money on alcohol every, every night. Yep. I felt physically better and it made me more focused. I felt so much more focused and you actually start to realize who your, who your true friends are as well. It, you know, mm. sometimes you're kind of like, Oh, you're only funny when I'm drunk. Uh, <laughs> okay. And so, you know, yeah, it's true. and so you, you stop going to clubs as well and, and, and bars because all of a sudden it's too loud. And I, and I want to just have a conversation with my friends. I yeah. can't see you. I can't hear you. So why am I in a club? You know, I'm not drinking. So for me, I started going to restaurants more with my friends or going around each other's houses, you know, and spending quality time. And now I start to sound like an old fart, but you know, I, I really enjoy my friend's company without the alcohol where you can have real right. conversations and, and just riff off each other, joke and have fun or, you know, it's uh, so yeah, 10 years not drinking, man. I think that's what it's been. And I'm glad you bring that up, but you know, even, an old soul like myself always says that I'm probably 20 years ahead of my time because yeah. I'm just like you. I think quality time matters. I've been very selective on who I spend my time with. And then even like you, it's like you, you start realizing when you just go out and party and hang with people, like are they, are, what's the, the depth of the relationship there if you guys are just going to a bar and being, yeah. you, maybe, you, maybe you actually hear and understand two sentences the whole time while you're there. You yeah, know? and, and, it, and it's, it's fun and you have a great time and you've got some fun memories. Mm. but you're not it's the same every night yeah every night you go out it's the same it's the same thing just a kind of different ending maybe yeah you know? whereas you know you can you can have some really truly great and i think it comes with age and experience life experience where you can have some really great you know memories with friends you, you start to travel with them you know like i'm in la so you, you know you can go to joshua tree you can go to you know palm springs you, you can travel to 
you know, the beautiful different states around, around America, you know, Yosemite. I've, I've recently been to the Grand Canyon and things like that. And you just have these incredible things that you can remember for starters. Because <laughs> you're not drinking so much, right? 10 years later. Listen, yeah. Ricky, I think even if we did a toast right now, you'd be flopping all right, right over, right? If you had one drink in, because t- 10 years is a while. It's a long time, you know, and I literally think if I did one shot, I would be buzzed. I bet. One shot right now and I'd be away. Yeah, it's, you'd, you'd got to be sensitive. After 10 years away from, from drinking, you know, you, you, you know you, your body would become, you know, desensitized to, sure. to to it when, you, when you're drinking it all the time. So for 10 years without alcohol, I think, you know, I'd be a very cheap date. <laughs> <laughs> and you think of it too, when you think about the university times that you were in, you know, that's, that's where we all should have left that, I think. I've often said that to my friends, like, shouldn't we have left the majority of the partying and the drinking in college and university? And then now that we're growing up a little bit more, we sprinkle it in there every now and then, should you choose to drink alcohol? But then you really want to focus on the depth of, uh, the depth of friendship, rather. So for you, let me, let me hit on that really quickly. When you think of friendships that you have, even as far along as you are in your career, right? I mean, people have called you Mr. Hollywood, I'm sure, right? It's like the, the <laughs> level of the level and the idea of friendship when you're working in the business of entertainment can be very different depending on who you are and what you prioritize. But for you, Ricky, where have you kind of seen friendship fall under the umbrella? Because I mean, you mentioned earlier your colleagues and your friends and your family, and I'm sure your colleagues fall under the umbrella of friends and family. It's just how it works in this business. But when you think of the depth of friendship and how much you, the intentional investment you've put into your friendships, what advice can you give us there in terms of actually building solid friendships that will last a long time again i it's my childhood that has molded my adulthood where i'm now in a career where i literally bounce around the world you know it's, it's almost mirroring my, my childhood because you go from job to job so from this movie is shot over here and then all of a sudden you're doing six months over here shooting this tv show and then you'll go home for a month and then you're out in this country shooting sure. for another time so again it's hard and you make really good friends in the productions that you're in in the movies Mm -hmm. and tv shows and it's again it's it's just about making those those connections if you if it's we're in a different world now where everyone's accessible via facetimes and 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 social media so you can stay in contact growing up as a kid you were pen pals so you'd write a couple of times and then get tired of it it would get to you, it would take a week for you to get it, to read it, and then maybe possibly send something back after a while, you know, whereas now it's very instant. And so you can keep in contact now. And so I can imagine it's very different. But um, no, it's, it's, you, you, your, your circles get smaller. Your, your crowd gets very, very small. And, And I feel that life should always be like that. I mean, I've got hundreds of acquaintances around the world. You know, I know so many people, so many names I don't even remember. Yeah, but it's it's about those people that enrich your life. You know, who adds to your life, not who's taken away. You've got everyone's got so many people that they're always that person that will ask for money or can I have that a ride here or can I crash at yours, blah blah blah. And you need to make sure that you surround people, surround surround yourself with people who enrich your life. Mm. And I don't mean financially. I mean you know spiritually, culturally positively physically in some way you know sure. where, where, where you, you know you're, you're you're on a level playing field you know you could be a, a very successful rich person or and someone else could be you know working in a in a you know a small a small industry 
but you're level because you both bring something to the table, you know? And so for me, I've still got my best friends from university, mm. you know? And we're on a group chat now because we play fantasy football, uh, fantasy soccer mm. uh, in your case. And so there's six of us on this group chat and every day it's just banter, abuse to each other. And it's, <laughs> it's, in England, we've got a saying like, if, if I've not insulted you, it means we're probably not friends because you only insult someone that you truly care about, you know, because you know they can handle it. Everyone else is, is we're very British and we're very polite. Sure. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, I've, I've kept these friends and the reason I know they're my best friends is they could literally end my career at any moment with the stories they have. Have, right? So it's more of that keep my, keep my secrets to yourself and tell nobody while I continue doing they, what I'm doing. I was at university. They've seen me hammered. They've, yeah. you know, they've been in, in all sorts of scrapes with me, fights and all sorts of craziness. They know, they know all the ex-girlfriends. They know all the, all the kind of craziness that's happened in the past. And I know that they'll take it to the grave. And I know that they would <laughs> yeah. take bullets for me as I would take bullets for them. You know, it's, there's nothing that they could ever ask of me that would, would be too much. You know, I'll, mm. I'll do whatever they need. And, you know, it takes time. And so sure. the one thing that is tough in this industry is trying to establish new versions of that. You know, people that, you know, can be that for you here and now because they're all back in the UK. I've got a couple here who I've been very fortunate. Um, I've got a great friend called Anthony who I met when I first came to America. Sure. And so he was such a great guy and he's not in the industry. He was, he's actually in like, uh, he was in real estate and he was in- They always are, real estate, he's finance, got fingers, food. He's got fingers in, in, in all sorts of pies. This guy is great. He's, he's invested my money into stuff and yeah. he's made me But because he's such a good guy, he only hung around with good people. And so he only introduced, introduced me to good people. So my experience of LA has always been just really great people who are all working, who are inspiring, who are, are trying to like help each other up, you know, cause LA can be a very lonely place. And I'm fortunate enough that I never experienced that because of Anthony introducing me to just great people. Um, and so as you get older, you kind of learn the word no, which mm -hmm. I think is a very important word for, for a, a person to have in their, in their locker. Um, whereby like sim to simplify it, um, do you, oh, we're, we're all hanging out. Do you want to come out to, to this thing? No. Oh, you're busy. No, I just don't want to. <laughs> right. Where when you're younger, you find excuses or you, you lie and you're like, cause you don't want to upset people. Blah, blah, blah. Whereas now I'm just like, no, yeah. I'm, I'm just going to stay home. I want to sit on the sofa and watch TV or I'm, I'm tired. Or when you meet people, I'm very honest in that, like, you know, like can, I, can I get your number? I'm like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm good. You know, I, I'm, I'm not going to just add people for the sake of it. You know, if I'm bringing you into my circle, yep. I need to know that it's a positive thing. And you can tell that when you connect with someone you, straight away, like, like we've been chatting straight away and <laughs> before we even came on air, <laughs> you were like, we, we probably need to start this camera because we were just chatting for ages. So, <laughs> but you realize when you connect with someone and yeah. when you don't, so you don't need to be friends with everyone. You need to be friends with the right people, mm. the people that enrich your life in a positive way. Um, so you need to make sure that you're, you know, if your circle is small, that's sometimes a lot better than having, you know, 50 friends. You know, if you've that's got nice. two, three great ones, 
That's all you need, man. Ricky, every time you every time you finish what you're saying, I'm like, dang. Not only have I gotten a stronger connection to you as a friend now, but it's just in my mind, I'm thinking, dang, should we end the podcast or should we keep going? We're going to keep going really quickly here. <laughs> Let's uh, keep I got- going. <laughs> I mean, I'm very busy right now. I mean, I've got to, I've got to train and then I've got to have my sauna and then I've got to read my book. Then I'm going to play the keyboard, learn a bit of Spanish. Yeah. Well, I and need you to learn. It. Hey, but I need you to do all of that because all of that to me means self-care and you need to download all of that. So we'll get you to it in just a minute, my friend. No, I feel good. When you, you know, Ricky, even more just thinking about friendship, I think it's really important to note that, I mean, you said it, having a small group of friends who keep you accountable, who make sure that you're well taken care of, who you know when you go to them, you're and giving everything. Who aren't yeah. afraid to say, you were wrong there, you were out of line, you know, to, to shut you up and sit you down. I've almost enjoyed that. Don't you think that's enjoyable when your friends go, why are you doing that, stupid? Or like, Absolutely wait, not. did you really just- I'm ashamed of myself. I'm like, oh. No, never- come on. Like- but I think, Ricky, when you think about it, it's more of the learning opportunity. I mean, that's where I think that maybe I am your big brother. No, I'm kidding. It's like, you think about it, you're like, dang, did I really do that wrong? But they, they yeah. teach you something that you wouldn't have known otherwise. And that really is a good friend. Yeah, I mean, what I do like is, is that learning, you know, because at the end of the day, if you stay silent and no one, you know, pulls you in, yeah. you then begin, you, you don't realize you're upsetting someone. And so they're getting upset, but they're not telling you. So you're going to continue to do it. And then you're in this cycle. Um, so, yeah, I, I always treat people with honesty and respect. And, and if someone does offend me or whatever, you know, I, I'm straight up want to tell them because I'd expect them to do the same to me. So in the past, I, I haven't been afraid to call out a producer, sure. you know, or an actor and say, you'll bang out a line. You need to wind your neck in, which is a, a term we, we say in England. Um, it basically means, you know, just calm you down. Wind your neck just, in. I'm going to start you, using you know, that. Just, just wind your neck in just, you know, um, because yeah, it's, 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 you know, it's, again, it's another thing that, you know, I learned as a kid from, from my mom and dad is, is it doesn't matter where you're from and, and you know, what, what, what gender, race, religion, culture, skin tone, whatever it is, there's good people and there's bad people, mm. you know, and the bad people, you just stay away just because you can't change that. That's just a bad person who's, and you can't, a leopard's not going to change their spots. But if you're a good person, you're only ever wanting to learn. And so I see myself as a good person. So if I've offended you or someone out there, I've not done it on purpose. Sure. So I would be distraught if I learned that I have upset you and I would want you to pull me straight away because I never mean to offend. I never want to offend. And so, yeah, you're right. You know, if someone does kind of pull you on something, it's like, oh, I'm so sorry. I apologize. You know, I'm never too big to kind of, Sure. Throw my hand up and say, I didn't know. I'm so sorry. I apologize. Because, you know, we're never going to be 100%. You know, no one's perfect. You know, I'm not perfect. You know, I've got problems in my life and I'm never always going to say or do the right thing. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's great that, you know, you've got people close enough to you that can keep you on the right path. Man. Words of wisdom. That's what it is. You know, I think <laughs> the producers backstage are probably thinking to themselves, oh, that's a quote. That's what we're pulling for the IG video. That's what we're pulling <laughs> for the story clip. Ricky, you're putting so much wisdom on us here. And I think the importance to know about you, Ricky Whittle, is just that you're an all around good guy. It's why we were so excited to have you on this podcast. And I think 
love life, man. Life is, is so simple. We make it hard. You know, it's really simple. All you got to do is just focus on yourself, on your people, be positive, love life. It's a gift. There are people that didn't wake up this morning. You know, there, there, there are people that won't wake up tomorrow. So every minute that you get to kind of walk this earth and look at the tree, like you don't have to have a yacht and, and millions in the bank. Like right. you woke up, you're breathing. If you can stand, that's a gift. If you're breathing, that's a gift. If you can phone up your mom and dad, because people have lost people. You can mm. phone up your mom and dad, do it now. Phone them up, say, I love you. How are you doing? Tell me about your day. Phone your brothers and sisters, phone your friends, look at the trees, you know? It's simple things, man. Simple things can make you, you smile and make you happy, you know? Because everything I, I see when I open my eyes in the morning, it's a gift, man. And so because I feel that positivity, I always try and kind of throw it out there and just remind people that we're here. We're living this. Some people aren't. So enjoy it for as long as we got it. Ricky, where would you say your enthusiasm is for everything that's upcoming for you in the, the rest of 2020 into the new year? I miss, besides being in, on American God season three, which we are so excited for. It's why we... I'm you know, so excited. So excited, man. Like what, a child. Besides, I'm still on that That little girl on the deck. I'm so excited. <laughs> that's it ricky what, what else is going on for you i mean it's yoga sauna working out eating the meat eating the carbohydrates what else are we expecting from you i mean are you working on some personal projects too um i mean to be quite honest like again with the positivity i would say for 10 years i've not had a break mm. i haven't had a holiday i i've traveled the world i've been fortunate to go to sure. Australia and, and all over Europe and right. Brazil and South Africa, um, all parts of America. Um, but it's all been for work, you know, be it with stars for American Gods or outside of America, American Gods is on Amazon Prime Video. Mm. So I'm traveling the world and it's always for work. And so people are like, oh my God, what's this place like? And what's this place? I'm like, I have working. no idea. But I could tell you what every hotel is like and this conference room is like because uh i'm a pro at those so <laughs> i'm using quarantine to really recharge those batteries because there's that i mean it's a it's an unfortunate situation but i i will never get this gift of time again and that's why i'm trying to kind of pick up all these things that i never have time for because when i am filming american gods we will go 15 to 18 hour days you know and when i'm filming american gods my work rate, workout regime is insane. I'm eating 5,000 calories a day. I'm doing 18-hour day filming, but then I also have to train either before or after filming. So much so that Stars built me a gym in the studio so I could work out on my lunch hour so that I could get that sleep either side and just work out through my, through my lunch hour instead. So yeah. work is so intense and travel so intense that I'm really kind of trying to take this opportunity to recharge, to let my body heal, to let my mind heal and grow and, and, and reach out to my friends and, and have those conversations where I never usually have time. And because the time difference of West coast to East coast to the UK around Europe, you know, it, it's, tough to, it's tough to you know, keep hold of everyone. You, you've traveled. So trying to keep in contact with people in Japan and, and wherever you are, yeah. you know, it's, it's tough. So, the rest of this year, um, I will focus. That's your dad, right? 
Funny enough, you know what, Ricky? That's it's a Kentucky number, it's but it's not my dad. No, that was a random FaceTime call from a Kentucky number. Continue all. <laughs> continue. It's, your someone, it's someone trying to say hello. It's the world reaching out to you. I love it. It's fate. That's what it is. You know, I wonder if that was somebody who just knew you, uh, you, you and I were talking. I'm going to have to call them back now. Oh, definitely, I've definitely got to call them back. So, um, but yeah, so like I was saying, it's, it's just like I, this year I'm, I'm going to, I mean, yeah, we're in talks about projects, um, yeah. but right now in the current situation and climate, it's, it's not happening right now. It would be for the new year. Um, so I'm really able to focus on season three, uh, marketing and the press of, of American yeah. gods. So, you know, it, it, it's interviews and it is kind of shoots and things like that. And it's talking about, uh, and raising awareness of the show and, and, and the great strides and, and, and progress that we've made this year, you know, Chick Egley came in and he really focused. I've been so fortunate. He's shown me nothing but love and support. And he really focused the show on, on Shadow Moon as it was in the book. Him and Neil yep. Gaiman really kind of went, went back into Shadow's head. And it's like, you know, this is his story um, of, of a man of color in America, in the town of Lake, Lakeside, which is right. very traditional, very white. And, you know, again, we find ourselves in a very fortunate situation where the show is just so relevant in the right, current yeah. climate, the political climate that we're in right now. Right. So, you know, the, the, the interviews I do range from literally like, what's your favorite color? I don't know why I go Valley Girl straight away, but what's your favorite color? What do you look for in a girl? I wanna know, is it a smile or is it the back? Um, oh man. Or it can be like, like, what are your political beliefs and what is your thoughts on the scientific? And you're like, what? <laughs> I thought we were talking about the show. But it's crazy, but that's this this is what like the show the show spans such a huge spectrum of kind of intellect that, that's what it is. You know, it really does kind of bring all sorts of journalists out and all sorts of publications and outlets. Um, so yeah. when American Gods does come out, it really does become a job in itself. So I've enjoyed the last five, six months of kind of downtime. And so leading up to you know Christmas now, the rest of 2020 yeah. is gonna be kind of just my second job, which is pushing the show and showing how like incredible season three is going to be because the trailers going to are going to be out soon. And, you know, I know that God's posted on their, on their internet, on the, on their Instagram yeah. new uh, coming soon season three. So yep. beginning of the train, you know, this is where, where it's all starting. You know, it's uh, it's exciting times and I get to talk about it. You know, and the only people talking about it, are the ones who not, who don't know about it. They've, they've never met Chick Egley. They've never, met the writing team they, they've not read our scripts and quite literally i was so excited when when i read the first episode the last episode episode 10 the, the cliffhanger for me best cliffhanger of all three seasons by a mile yeah like, it, insane and they projected the story you know through seasons three and four it's, it's just so well put together that i think it's really going to pop so well and you know, trying to get that kind of excitement that I've got for it out to the mm. fans so that they know it's coming. Because the thing is with American Gods, because there's so much post and CGI and effects that go in in post uh, production, sure. it does take a while to come to screen. You know, other shows kind of come out like almost yearly, like on the, on the dot. And we try to get it as close as we can because there's so much afterwards, there's a bit of a, a, uh, a time delay. And so 
a lot of fans are often like, is that still going? See, Valley Girl. Valley again. Girl. Uh, it's my go-to. Hey, wait, I think it's not only your go-to, it might be a hint as to the next role you might play in, in a future, sh- in a future hey, show, Ricky. I'm up for everything. It's you all could be, good. Like, I, I don't know I, if I told you, I was a high school cheerleader. You can go play a high school cheerleader too. <laughs> you were a high school cheerleader? High school and collegiate. And all-star. I, d- I tried to do all of it. Were you like one of those dudes that like, like throws girls I would consider. Well, I'd like to say I was a macho man, but realistically, Ricky, I think a lot of times my, my flyer would always have to be shorter than me. So girls that were shorter than me would only make the team because I was on the team. But a lot of it was like the tumbling and then it was like group stunting. But then in college, it was just me and one other girl. Uh, we'll get you. You know what? Okay. I think the workout situation for you during your midday break, Ricky, no longer has to be the weight room. You should, you should go outside and try to toss some of your coke. I'll just throw Emily air. around. She's That's tiny. what it is. Yeah. Just throw Seriously, Emily ask, around. ask Emily if she's down. I'll fly out to Los Angeles or be out there sometime this year and show you guys how to stunt together. It's the best workout, full body. Seriously. I tell you what, Emily's an absolute nutcase. She'll love that. That's She'd be is. good at it as well. It's- she did a lot of great stunts like last season, and she's done a lot of great stuff this season as well. She'll absolutely love that sort of stuff, man. That's, that's insane. That's like, that takes technique, man. It's all technique is what it is too. And I think that's where, as, as long as you can get the technique, it's less about the fact that the girl is actually as, as she was probably only 20 pounds less than I sometimes. Yeah, you but know? like you've got literally someone else's life in your hands because you miss one, one toss and yeah. <laughs> she could injure herself. She could bang her head. You like, make me feel really good for having done cheerleading, Ricky. No, like, like I'm deadly serious. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, just like throwing the pom poms is great because the choreography, sure. dancers, but those flyers, man, it's that's acrobatics. Like, you look at the new uh, Netflix show that came out not too long ago. Cheer. Check it out. Check out one of the episodes. You know, yeah. throughout the whole thing, just watch them, how they practice and what, what actually goes into it, how badly they get hurt in practice before they oh, go massively. on the competition mat finally for that two and a half minutes to perform yeah. the routine or whatever. It takes like so many times of practice, but it's fun. But it goes back to like your athletic note. I mean, I think a lot of us always find ath- athleticism as an escape away from like life sometimes, right? Like working out always tends to be that therapeutic yeah. uh, escape for people like you and I. And so since I'm no longer cheerleading and you're no longer playing soccer and everything else, you know, it's, it makes sense that you're lifting weights and I'm, I mean, I'm in the gym, but I'd rather be tumbling and throwing people in the air to be honest with you. I can't stand the gym. I yeah, hate it's boring. three more reps, one more set, 12 Stupid. more minutes on a treadmill. I hate that, but I'll play sports all day long and not think about it. Um, and then go, again, going back to sports actually saved me as a kid mm. um, because I was being bullied in, in, in school. And then once I joined the soccer team, I was very good. All of a sudden became the star of the football team, the soccer team. Right. And then I've got 15 brothers. I literally had 15 brothers who constantly had my back. And it's like, you don't get to pick on this guy because oh, man. he's our guy. So for me, like that's another thing growing up for kids throw kids into like team sports. It shows them how to rely on other people and how to be responsible for other people as well. And, and it gives you just a family straight away. You know, it's, it's sports for me really was so important growing up. You know, you, you, you come across so many different people from all walks of life and you build this bond and you learn how to kind of grow together and to look out for each other. And, you know, sports really was a, a big thing for me and I really do miss it kind of mm. like now you know it's it's uh 
it's it's it, it's tough because I'm you know because of the, the the acting thing that they're always yeah. worried you're injured. Um, oh man. So, it's in the contract. I, I, I'm not allowed to skydive anymore. I'm not allowed to ride Jayla, my bike. Your bike? I'm not allowed to ride my bike anymore. <laughs> <laughs> my bike. My bike. Um, so I can't, I can't ride my bike, skydive. I can't play sports. You know, anything that kind of hurts the person. Um, so well, we could. Gym- well, you know what? We'll go kick a soccer ball, and I'll teach you how to do some cheerleading. It won't hurt Emily. It'll just. It'll be some fun and tricks, and we'll get mats on the floor. We'll, we'll, we'll get some we'll get mats. We'll do it in the pool. We'll do it in the pool. That way, it's like matter. dirty dancing. You know, no one's getting hurt in water. No, unless they belly splash, and then you get a stomach ache. But that only lasts about thirty <laughs> minutes. Oh, trust me, we've tried it in the pool, Ricky. It's you- uh, everybody, every cheerleader you know does stunting in the pool. You pick them by the feet, and you toss them over instead of actually catching them. You know, but oh, that- we'll get back to this. Okay, there you go. 2020, I'm going to the pool and I'm going to start throwing my friends around the, or throw the, the lady around the pool. That's all we ask. All we ask is that you take your friends to the pool, Ricky, for the rest of the year. I mean, it's going to get cold, but lucky for you, Los Angeles isn't that way. So when, when I come out to LA, we'll, we'll toss some people in a pool, we'll play some soccer and sure. do anything that's not, uh, you know, breaching your contract. But you know what, Ricky, this has been such an incredible conversation and it, it, it was so nice to get to know you. Right. I think a lot of times, like you'd mentioned, oh my God, like, hey, what's your favorite color? And, you know, <laughs> blah, blah. these are the questions a lot of people know about you, Ricky, but you're not even a clown. I think you're just a good all around guy that has good well, intentions. Yeah, I'm, I am. And, and it's because it's, the fun thing about about acting is, is most of my roles are like Shadow Moon and, and previous roles where I am kind of the stoic, quiet American. And then when people realize, wait a second, he's British. What's with the funny <laughs> Yeah, and then they, you know, they realize I'm a goofball, and I just like to have fun. I just love life, you know. So it's it's this is always kind of fun to to riff off someone and just just you know just just to be real, you know. It's right. not that kind of tell me your process uh, with Shadow Moon and so uh, get how did you get into the psyche of an ex jail, you know, an, an ex convict who was uh, taken over by gods? It, like it's like nuts. This is this is fun for me, man. It's it's it's. It's great connecting with someone and, and, and having a laugh and you've made my day. So I appreciate you having me on the show. Man, Ricky, you've made my day. It's why you're today's man of the hour. We don't expect just you to come the on the show so, in just the hour. I mean, you know what? So we after probably... this hour, I'm done. <laughs> that, wow, that's a big drop off, isn't it? Hey, we had you for an hour, Ricky. That's what it was, right? No, but, but, but really, you are considered a man of the hour, and that term exists in the world right now because people like you inspire uh, through what you do and how you live your life, and we were able to get a little bit of that, and uh, it, was, it was more fascinating to just get an idea of what your upbringing was like because we don't necessarily get to talk about that a lot of times with people like yourself who've come such a long way through an industry like Hollywood. But having been through so much, just like, I mean, you and I alone, I think as military and as forces brats, that life is just different. So thank you for sharing that life with us, for everybody listening and watching. We appreciate you, Ricky Whittle, and also everything coming up with season three of American Gods. We will be tuning in. So excited for that, my friend. And when I come out to LA, we have, we'll do the athletic things. We'll do the sports, we'll do the soccer, and we'll throw some, uh, throw some Emily's in the air as you wish. And we'll eat. (laughs) <laughs> and we'll eat no you got to show me your favorite restaurants i think you know i'm not i try to cut the carbs but maybe i'd have to eat only carbs like you to look like you right i mean sweet meat just get the candy and meat we'll be good <laughs> ricky i appreciate you everybody appreciates you thank you so much for stopping by this podcast show
Thanks, buddy. Justin Crawford here, and I'll be back next week with another great guest on the Men of the Hour podcast. In the meantime, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review right here and anywhere else you'd like to listen. Also, check out our Instagram and YouTube channels when you get a chance and see the full video interviews with our guests at Men of the Hour podcast. Thanks for listening. Now get out there and make a positive change for yourself and those around you.